Welcome, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith Wallace. I'm one of the trustees here at our Father's House. I welcome you, all of you who are familiar faces, haven't seen in a while except on a two-dimensional platform, um, or uh, in person in quite some time. It's very nice to see you all, all of our guests. I'm going to try to remember my lines. Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> um, I'm going to also attempt to summarize in a very short statement the intensity and significance of a call to the ministry. There is no trouble so great, no humiliation too deep, no suffering too severe. No love so profound, no labor too hard, no expense too costly, because if it is spent to transform a soul, it's worth it. Our pastors have each experienced this and they see it through different lenses. Lanny has been tempered by its veracity. Jay is beginning to experience its reality. Right? Today marks both a departure and an arrival. It's the intersection of loss and anticipation. We have the opportunity in this intersection that is rare within the body of Christ at large to acknowledge, affirm, and bless these two as they go out and as they come in. So with that said, I would invite us to affirm and encourage them with a special gift today. If you are so led, you can make out a check to Our Father's House with pastor's gift in the memo. If you're online, you can do it through the online um, portal. That will work. Or if that $1,000 bill you're holding in your pocket and you've been wondering where the Lord wants you to place it, this is that day. This is a good place for it, right? So with that, I thank you, Dad. I thank you, brother and co-worker. And I thank all of you for coming to celebrate this day. Thank you. Not the introduction I was expecting. 
First thing I want to do is to acknowledge my absolute gratitude to Jane Amber and all those she assembled to do the magnificent job of hosting our guests this weekend. One of the things I'm grateful for having learned very early on in my uh, obedience to the Lord was that my primary job, as defined in Scripture, is to equip the saints for their works of service. There's a reason we don't have administrators at the front door as greeters. (laughs) We want those with the gift of hospitality because they make you feel welcome. And uncovering those giftings in God's people has just been one of... Not now. Greatest... Doggone it. (laughs) Greatest joys of my life. And in the circumstances of this particular outpost of the Lord. We've been privileged to encourage thousands of people over these last four decades. They've come into this town. They have been impregnated with an understanding they didn't have when they arrived. And then the Lord scattered them across the planet. Elements of the kingdom on deposit to grow and be unified in the corporate man somewhere in our future. Now, <clears throat> today marks a very, uh, a very special day. I'm going to echo something Keith said a while ago. I have never seen what we're experiencing put on display anywhere else. I have watched time and time again the failure of pastoral transitions. Long before Jay and Katie arrived in this town, I was praying for the Father to send my relief. Okay? We should not have to start over every time. We should not. Now, in the mercy of God... Jay's natural father came to visit. What's this for? (laughs) And in the most tender and holy moment, turned the oversight. Now, Jay's dad is a righteous man, a man I highly regard, a prophetic voice of clarity. I esteem Jay's natural father, who has been a righteous spiritual father. I just, I don't have enough good to say about that man. But in his clarity, he said, I'm relinquishing the oversight of my son to you, because I know you can take him places I cannot. Today, I'm turning over the spiritual oversight of this house to my spiritual son, who can take you to places I cannot. 
Unlike the song that says, my life is over and yours has just, just begun. Mine's not actually over yet. <laughs> because for each of us, there's a page being turned today. And that page has not yet been written upon. But I commend you and this entire household to the administration of God's priorities through you and those who will hear your voice and follow you. Jay and Katie have blossomed. I, I wish I had taken snapshots of when they arrived, but I have them in my mind. I have this gallery of photos there. And there were these youngsters just out of college, newly married, you know, and the refining fire of God has been at work perfecting them. Katie Patterson has become the most amazing, mature, gracious, prophetic gift in this house that I've seen in a long, long time. The scripture admonishes us as believers to be wary of certain kinds of leaders. And it causes us to affirm the leadership of others, particularly those who rule their household well. And those of us who know Jack and Seth and Ben <laughs> realize that they are being shaped. Now, Jay should not have to say this. So I'm going to say it for you. Katie Patterson is not the pastor's wife. She's Jay's wife. Their children are not the standard for your children. Those boys are their children. Are they going to be perfect? No, they're going to be just as perfect as you, so learn to deal with it. Will there be mistakes? Good. I don't see any stones, Jay, so I think we're going to move forward okay. You've got to realize that all of us are in the learning process together. We have just gone through the most tumultuous year in this nation that I have ever witnessed. Even the 60s weren't this bad. Okay? And they were bad. I'll be so bold as to say this to all of us. 2020 was a year of revelation. And it was to reveal you to you. And things erupted out of us that we needed to confront. And those things have not yet died all across the field of God's vineyard. I would submit to you that 2021 is a year of refocus. Not only are we required to be realigned with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, for the purposes of Christ through each one of us, and for us in particular to be a reflection of him in a more magnificent way, as his collage of his grace and beauty. And I'll go ahead and say, I anticipate 2022 is going to be a year of refining. The fires aren't out. 
refining fires will still come. But I have said over and over and over, there's only one thing you need to do. I'll coax you. Keep giving the Lord your... Yes. Now, in the circumstances of our life, we have in this... uh, Some of you wouldn't remember this, but when we... Anybody remember the first Muppet movie? Some of you need to go watch the first Muppet movie. Because in that movie, there's a scene where Kermit is sitting on a log, and there's this green scum between him and Don DeLuise, who's in the John boat. And I poked Patty and said, that's where we live. We came here from the big city back when this town was not this town, okay? And when I said yes to the Lord, I made one request. I said, if you're going to require us to live at the end of the world, then I'm asking you to keep us connected to what you're doing in the world. And in his mercy, we have developed relationships with a broad spectrum of the body of Christ, many of whom have invested in our Father's house over the decades. And in our lived experience, I want you all to hear this, we don't work structurally, we work relationally, okay? When I travel in the nations, I do so relationally. When, when, the, when the Lord shows me the relationship, that's the one I focus on because that was his call to steward that relationship. And we are honored today to have with us a couple of folks who have been part of our history for a long, long time. I recall your responses to the first time uh, Dr. Sam Solomon was here. Y'all came to me afterwards and said, I didn't understand a thing he said. But I knew it was truth. I could feel it flying over my head. I said, well, trust the Lord to tune your receiver. And the next time he came, y'all went, aha. Now, Dr. Bonnie Chomp is a different creature altogether. And I have... I have the acquired appreciation for the phenomenal grace that attends this woman of God. Now, Patty and I are I'm turning in my key. We're getting in the car and driving away, but we're not finished here. I want you to know this. Dr. Solon, Mahesh Bani Chavda, and I have responded with our yes to Jay's appeal if we could continue to be voices of influence, counsel, and accountability for him and this house. And we have all agreed to that. So you have a rich repository of experienced, anointed people who will continue to express their support and their covering and their prayers over this house as you move into the Lord's future. Now, we're going to go through this ceremony today with various and sundry contributions, but at this moment, I'm going to yield the platform to my, my spiritual father. Please rise and welcome Dr. Sam Solon.
Please be seated. And good morning. I intend that my remarks be part of the whole. So view what I'm saying as part of the cumulative whole. And it's my intention then to frame today's gathering in the widest possible arc of Scripture. There are very few things that are so fundamentally the will of God to be put on display in the earth. This is a time of transitioning, but it's also a time of continuity. Now, in order for transitions to work, there has to be the most intimate of relationships. One of the most profound concepts of Scripture is that of incarnation. The idea that the invisible God established creation so that the invisible might become visible. The problem with the vastness of God is that he's not readily apprehendable. So he has to become incarnate. And in that, God takes on the roles, the twin roles of father and son. God is actually one. But in the manifestations of this one being is the display of the central aspect of his being. And that is the relationship between a father and a son. So it's not that they're three persons. It is that they're three distinct manifestations inherent in the same person. Now, fortunately, from our perspective, but natively to him, he's spirit. And just in the same way that I am, uh, in this one person, I am a husband. And vis-a-vis my wife, I am the face of her husband. And she does not do well with, uh, with distractions when she, is, when she and I are engaging in this husband-wife relationship. And I know better than to have another thought except my communication with her. In my quest to be the perfect husband, uh, I understand that there is an entire whole personality resident within this being that is called husband. When I'm dealing with my children, when I'm engaging my children, I also have this same singular focus with each one and with each one separately. I I have three children and I don't treat any of them as part of a group. When I'm I'm with my daughter, uh, she is my exact focus. And she feels that she owns me in a way that no one else does. You know what? She does. She does. Now, I have these grandchildren, and it speaks for itself. (laughs) The other day, I uh, I gave my... Well, I had given my granddaughter, my grandchildren, 
little bit of money, and um, uh, because you know they need pocket money, and uh, so I, I found out they were going to Disneyland, and so I gave them some more money. And as they were thanking me, the five-year-old said to me, "Granddad, thank you. I really needed some more money." <laughs> Because in her mind, in her mind, she owns me. <laughs> Lucy says, in reality, she owns you. <laughs> in her mind, I am not some other figure other than her granddad who gives her money. There's a unique... So all these characters reside within this one unitary whole. The intent of God is to put himself on display. So God created man with the potential of being seen in the image and likeness of God. That is how the vastness of God might be presented. Because what is being presented is the very essence of God, not so much the scope of his being. So God is understood by representation. The living God can only be understood by representation. That's why he's the Father, and the Son is the exact representation of his Father. This is the centrality of the Gospel. This is what creation was established for. And therefore, incarnation is the, is the manner of continuity when we pursue God. Now, in order to have a son, one must have a father. In order for there to be a son, there must be a father. When we speak of God as father, that's not a name for God. When we speak as son, as God, for God as son, that's not a name for God. Those words, father, son, are relational terms. Like husband, wife. I have a proper name. My proper name is Sam. But vis-a-vis -vis my wife, my relationship is husband. And it's an exclusive relationship. You see? So the term father, son are not names of God. They are identifying characteristics of the manifestation of God in creation. Why would it surprise us then that transitions such as these for the purpose of continuity involve the principles of incarnation and representation. And the same God whose intent is being captured and focused here, whose intents were put on display in this Father, now continues to undergird, protect, and pave the way for the arrival of this son 
who has now become a father in the place of this father. Now the beauty of these relationships matured is that the father steps back to be the resource to the son whom he has positioned. The first, the second psalm is the most complete encapsulation of this principle. Where God says, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Ask of me, and I'll give you the ends of the earth for your possession. And concerning the enemies of the son, the father said, Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you, and you'll perish in the way. That is why in establishing the kingdom of heaven on the earth, and in his primary role as the sovereign Lord, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, who gave this authority to Christ? Well, the one who had it to give. Because the relationship of father and son is not a statement of release and then abandonment. The the father steps back into that place of the guarantor of the success of the son and becomes the resource out of which the son draws and upon which the son relies. It is my view that, and it's a forming view, I'm I'm not completely rested in the matter, but in creation, the depiction of divine authority is the throne of God established in heaven. And when I observe that no one has ever seen the Father, and that's merely references to the Father, my conclusion is that part of what is seminal to the authority of God, designed to support everything the Son is about in creation, resides within the picture of the throne. And when Jesus was on the earth... The throne was both in heaven and on earth. On the earth, it was defined in the following way. You are in me, and I am in you. So the Son is the radiance of the Father's glory. The Son is the exact representation of the Father's being. So if you see the Son, behold the Father. And when, when an administration passes from Father to Son, you will usually have the declaration, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now listen to him. And therefore, the Father commits all judgments into the Son. Now this son is the weos. This son is the son who has grown to the maturity and has been tested over time so that the father's assurance 
of being seen in the Son is also the Father's guarantee of being seen in the Son. This is the heart of Scripture. This is why the earth was established. And the rarity of an occasion such as today is the testimony as to how far we have fallen. But at the same time, this moment today, perhaps in the overall scheme of everything, might be viewed as a small beginning, but from a divine perspective, it is the restoration of a seed that, when fully grown, will replicate the thing from which it originated. So, in this moment, we're watching restoration unfold. In his prophetic utterances, Pastor Lanny has said to you, last year was a year of rigorous scrutiny where God left nothing that, nothing un, unturned. He has come to uproot, to overthrow, to tear down and to destroy, but also to build and to plant. So there will be refinements this year. And going on into the next, it will continue toward perfection. And the pressure of this time is in, in furtherance of the thing that God is bringing forth. In the end of the age, it will be what God determined before he started creation. When it's finished, you will behold the Father in the Son. The corporate man. Lanny is absolutely correct. The principle of Scripture that is operational here is the Father and the Son. So, Dr. Bonnie will in a moment come and give that personal focus. But I wanted to take the wide overarch and frame what is going on here. This is why this is a divine and nearly unique moment in time. When we gather to pursue in, with intentionality the will of God, the thing that had been done and the thing that God intends to do from the beginning, when we gather with intentionality to pursue that thing, that is holy ground and the presence of God will meet us as on a pavement of sapphire because he intends to do the thing that he has meant to do. So it is with great delight that I salute Pastor Lanny and now Pastor Jay.
I'm always impressed when Sam will take something I said and turn it into a commentary I could not have uttered. <laughs> it was brought to my attention moments ago. I've overlooked something, so let me address that at this moment. Many, many years ago, I was teaching on the power of the blessing, and I was encouraging parents that they should speak blessing over their children. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord calls his face to smile upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you grace. And one of the mothers who was attempting to exercise that encouragement over her children came into the bedroom one night and said, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may you live long and prosper. (laughs) But whatever the effort of blessing, it's important that we speak blessing. And I was just advised that we have ministry available to the children who are assembled in this room, and I have been encouraged to ask you parents to bless them and release them to their area of uh, ministry. So if you're not going to have your children remain with you, there's the door. (laughs) Now, having said that, once again, I I just want to uh, communicate the high regard I have acquired over decades Uh, Some of you know that my middle son, Paul, and uh, Bonnie's older daughter, Anna, were wed some time ago. (laughs) How many? Fifteen? Sweet Jesus. Fifteen years ago. (laughs) It's time for me to get off the platform. But again, would you please rise and welcome the Lord's representative in the form of Bonnie Jobdom. goodness. Stand by, Patty. I may need you to run a a mission of mercy to the Kleenex box. Oh, it's so good to see you, those of you uh, that we are acquainted personally and many new faces. What a blessing, what a joy, what a privilege to be here with you. You are a valiant and shining witness and a strong encouragement for all of us who know you secondhand or even firsthand through Lanny and Patty, not only as family members but in the kingdom of God. And so today I'm blessed on behalf of Mahesh and the whole Chavda clan and All Nations Church and the Watch of the Lord and our many friends around the world to be acknowledging and recognizing that we are joined together as one family and one body and we are on a continual journey of glory together until the Lord comes. (laughs) So I I just want to um, share briefly the image out of my heart about the time now and perhaps the time ahead and an exhortation to each one of you and to every person and family that finds an affinity of joining themselves to this company, this house, this family in their journey to exhort you all the more of the significance of the hour that we live in. And For me, uh, following on after Sam and, 
even after the remarks that Keith made, we had a moment outside the sanctuary as I was standing in front of, I believe it's uh, Louise's beautiful painting of the river, and then reading Russ's words of uh, the poem or song that he has there about this place becoming a river and the many streams that are in it. But I, I confess to Keith as he was confessing to me that what happens when you get ready to stand up and speak to a company of people who have given you their time and attention is suddenly you go blank. <laughs> And, you know, those of us who are Holy Ghost fanatics inside, you just begin the Get a word here. But, <laughs> um, obviously, we've been looking t- towards this day for years. I told Katie uh, yesterday that I was present and remember one of her first encounters at the altar with her father God in this house. And I was sitting there as she was here in her encounter with God and the image on her face and knowing what she was going through and preparing to embrace her yes of the Lord and how indicative That is, of what happens in this house, what's been made available in this house for each one of us in our lives and journeys. To be encouraged here, to be affirmed here, to be corrected here, to be instructed and guided and nourished here, to be loved here, to be celebrated here. And this house is really unusual. I have the privilege of uh, having a wide array of relationships and being in many places, in many cultures, in many cities across this nation and around the world. And I'll tell you what you got here. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And that is you. That is you contributing to the river that is here. So um, more than I can say, uh, Lanny made mention to it, Sam briefly, the church as the witness to Jesus in the earth, is in a most unusual hour. Probably the most unusual in our particular lifetime. And it has been partially facilitated by a very unusual circumstance, the difficulty and bizarre nature of a global pandemic that has impacted every human being on the face of the earth as far as we know. And it most significantly is setting the church as that lampstand, taking the basket off so that our light can truly shine. And you, in particular, because of not only your calling and the fullness of the gifting that God has given you, but your geographical location and therefore the cultural streams and impact that surround each of you every day and that you come out of. This body is a significant house with an investment of God in it that is unusual and weighty in glory. So do not think of yourselves as being at the end of the earth or in some backwater or on that log with the slime in between you and what's going on. You have seen in this last year that you are right in the middle of it. And as always, those things that impact our lives can come into the church and impact us in the church. But my exhortation for you today is partially from Haggai where it was a time that in Daniel's awakening and realization that God's fulfillment of promise was coming to pass in the most difficult of circumstances, that it was time to say yes to God. 
And it began a chain reaction, if you will, of stirring up those who were hearing and saying yes at great difficulty, expense, even danger to themselves to begin the work whose hour had come. And I would like to suggest to you that the hour has come for every believer to turn again their hearts and affections and reserves and resources and gifting and zeal towards the house of the Lord. And that expression is wide and varied. But we do know that from biblical pattern, God has intended that we gather in locations, in locales, as people together in families to worship and journey together. And this house is unusual. So I bless you with our prayers and covering that you be a unified house in love, that you be a joyful house in victory. And interestingly enough, in Haggai, he declares that he said there are some people that are saying it's not time for that kind of a focus, to focus on the house of the Lord. It's time for us to rebuild our businesses. It's time for us to build our homes. My goodness, the building industry in this nation has suddenly exploded because all of a sudden everybody has to be at home and look at those things that have not been done. And suddenly they're getting done. But in the midst of this unusual season, again, I say to you, this is the word of the Lord. For we who know Christ, it is time to recognize that he wants his house to be on display. And that will require a new willingness from each of us to hear him and say yes. So from Psalm 110, the most quoted Old Testament scripture in the New Testament. It's fascinating. Jesus quotes it, and each of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all remember and record what Jesus said, but they all have a different perspective about who he said it to and what the impact was. And you must go and look. In one case, it was a rebuke and a challenge to the Pharisees and to the scribes, the lawyers, if you will. On the other hand, in Mark's gospel, he quotes it, the same scenario, but in this one, he says the common people heard it and rejoiced. They received it happily. And I believe today that we are of those, the common people, who hear the word of the Lord in this hour and receive it gladly and rejoice and get to work. Haggai equated the restoration of the full prosperity and success of the people to their turning the focus to the to rebuilding the house of the Lord in the time that God had said gather and rebuild and i'm submitting that to you from psalm 110 the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand until i make your enemies your footstool say until until Look at your neighbor and say, until. God is committed to victory. And he has established his son as king. And in the middle of his house, right here, right now, Jesus is ruling in our midst as king. Let us encourage one another and take strength towards that. God is committed to his victory. Until, And then in verse 3, 
Your people will offer themselves freely or willingly in the day of your visitation. Friends, this is a day of visitation. This last year was a year of visitation in the earth. It didn't come in the way that we were expecting. But it came, it has come, and we will make every effort by the power of the Spirit to take full advantage of the opportunity given us that God would have his church with every member contributing their gifting set again as a lampstand in the midst of cities, in the midst of towns, in the midst of uh, geographies and communities. And our Father's house is just such a lampstand. I love these lights that we have lighting the way down the aisle. Take a look at them. Turn and and look at these for a moment and realize that that is a picture of this house, not just in this immediate community, but in every place that the word and influence of this house is going out. And what is happening here today is indeed unusual. It is what Haggai said. It is a going from glory to glory. And Haggai said specifically, as the people come together in this moment of visitation, the whole community, individual members are going to rise in blessing and well-being. So we pronounce that this is the day of the Lord, and we are going to embrace his blessing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look at one another. This is a day of new commitment with joy to the grace God has given us in one another, that each one is, a, is truly a gift. There's not everywhere in the world that you can go and sit and sit next to someone who believes in the Lord Jesus like you do, that is making this temporary journey in life towards our eternal reward. We will be together. Never forget the person sitting with you that you're married to, that you wake up with, or the person in front or behind you as we gather in congregations. We will know one another forever. So let's not mess it up here. Okay? Say until. Your people will offer themselves willingly, freely, in the day of your power. And then, lastly, the... The verse that impressed me for today as a blessing for you is verse 7. This, is, this psalm is the revelation of the victorious warrior king returning from battle. And not weary from the battle, actually, but refreshed in bringing home the spoils as the champion of God. And, of course, we know that it speaks ultimately of Jesus. But I believe that the Lord gave me this verse specifically for the Pattersons and for you as a declaration that there is a river that makes glad the city of God. And in this house, the river is open. We prophesy to this well and the well in each one of you to spring up and water these grounds, water this community with everyone contributing that which God has given us. It says, he will drink from the brook by the way, therefore he will lift up 
his head. It's beautiful. Some of the commentaries believe that this is a reference to King David in that bizarre moment of his life when he was doing with his army the business of God and and uh, taking great victories and the enemy came in through the back door and wiped out his home, their homes, their community, took everything, abducted their family members. And as they returned, you know the story. They were so distressed that they literally wept these champion warriors until they had no more strength. And what did David do? Strengthened himself in the Lord. To our Father's house, I say to you, in this hour, in the recovery from this recent season, in moving into a potentially even more intense season. Come together and strengthen yourselves as one man in the Lord. And drink from the river. The brook mentioned in that story of David is the brook Besor. It means cheerful. Cheerful. May God anoint your hearts. Lift up your countenance. That you may be joyful in anticipation that he is determined Jesus will rule in our midst until he is the utter and ultimate victor. One more point about that story of David and the significance of drinking from that particular brook, the cheerful brook. If you remember in the story that only part of the company had the strength And the willingness and the connectedness to go with David into that next battle immediately to bring home the spoils. And when they came back rejoicing, the company that had stayed behind to watch over the baggage, and mind you, they were in a land filled with robbers. So if there had not been those two very different companies, if you will, within the one household of David that were attending to entirely different focus with honestly, the, one who, the ones who were staying behind and the ones who were going out to war, how different could they be? Very, very diverse, very different. But David made a statute because of the controversy that arose in the midst of that household, that company, when he came back with the spoils. And he said that equal reward will go to everyone. Those who stayed behind to watch over, to keep guard over the camp, and those who went out to war. And so... My last exhortation to you would be this. God has made us many-membered, one body. And so as you come together week after week, as you meet together in your homes, as you do business with with one another, as you pray together, remember, this is a unique work Like Jesus said in the message version of Matthew 11, this house 
It is a unique father-son operation. That father, that son working in this house. A unique father-son operation. And everything God is giving you to do and say will be coming out of those intimacies. And surely you will be those who are ready, willing, and able to offer to those who are tired, worn out, burnt out on religion to come and follow after you. Watch how you do it and learn because of the grace in this house how to take a real rest and how to recover their lives. So on this day, on behalf of many who are not here but are joined here and continually a part of this family. We bless you today. We honor and receive Jay and Katie as they come to step into the leadership here. We shout, blessed is he, blessed is she who comes in the name of the Lord. And we thank God that he has chosen to give us this unique craftsman that has been a father to this house and will continue to be so as we go forward together. So thank you for allowing me on behalf of us to be here and celebrate with you today. And I look forward to getting to speak with many of you more face to face until he comes. We will offer ourselves willingly and continually give him our yes that we might be what he has intended, a lampstand in the midst of this community, shining from the end of the earth to the ends of the earth. Amen? Now, I would like to suggest to you that if anyone would ever question it, you have personal experience with the fact that we are indeed a peculiar people. <laughs> now, we're going we're gonna to have a few more movements to, uh, to this thing before we feed you. I know you came for the food. That's all right. We're going to uh, call the Patterson family forward. We're going to speak the charge of scripture, lay hands on and bless. We're going to have opportunity for any prophetic words to be pronounced over them. There will be a few gifts that are uh, presented with a very particular uh, point of view associated with them. Jay and Katie will go to the platform to assume their rightful place as as the head of this congregation. And then they will make comments. Jay will say the blessing, and we'll go outside. So, hang on to your hats. Here we go. If we could get you guys up here. And if the three of you would join me. Uh, Yeah, face that way. Y'all may be seated for these next few moments. Um, Barbara? 
Oh, good, you're both here. All right, y'all just stand by. I wanted to make sure you were both here. Now, um, Patty, would you come stand with me over here, darling? My baby girl for 51 years of marriage and relationships before that. Like right next to you like this? No, like this. <laughs> no, like this. Now, in, I, 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 should, I should say this to you just so you realize we're not being um, ceremonial for functionary purposes. In our journey with the Lord here in this house, we have discovered crisis after crisis that if we will do what the Scripture says, God will release the grace that's on that Scripture in the moment of our need. That's one of the reasons this congregation has been able to handle and survive some very explosive negative situations in our journey. Because we turned to the Lord, we did what the Bible said, and God showed up with his grace and rescued us out of some very difficult, difficult circumstances. So as I read the following scripture, it's not merely scripture. It's the testimony of a revelation that carries with it import, and heaven will bear witness to it in increasing grace. You need to understand this. When I relinquish the helm today, there will be a an unveiling, a, a manifestation, an impartation to Jay that comes with the added responsibility that God has called him to. The Lord will never call you to something he does not thoroughly equip you for. Now, unfortunately, the equipping comes two or three steps after you say yes. <laughs> so just keep giving the Lord your yes, I'll see you on the other side. <clears throat> In thinking about this moment, Jay, I looked at the relationships that Paul had as a father. And the thing that was most detailed and living for me was his admonitions to Timothy. So I have kind of patched together some of his encouragement in order to make this statement to you, that I solemnly charge you. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is, the who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, that you preach the word, you be ready in season and out of season. You reprove, you rebuke, you exhort with great patience and instruction. Because the time is already here when people will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This command I entrust to you, Jay, my spiritual son in accordance with the prophecies that have previously been spoken over this entire household, that by them you might fight the good fight. And now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, may honor and glory forever and ever be his. Amen. In the testimony of Scripture, 
there's this thing called the laying on of hands, all right? And it carries with it significance from the eternal realm. So Patty and Bonnie and Sam, if you would join me here. Pick a head. <laughs> Almighty God, our Father, in accordance with your eternal desires and purposes to pass from one generation to another in the unending and eternal stream of revelation both of the word and the practice of that word so as to become incarnate amongst us. Now we ask you to invest this moment with your presence and with the requisite anointing that by your presence going with us and going before us, you will be seen in this transition. Father, as Lanny departs to the next stage of his journey, we pray that the glory of God will be his rear guard in this place and in every place. And as Jay advances forward. We pray that your presence will go before him to prepare the way. Your presence will abide with him so that he might have rest while he conducts the business of the Lord. I pray for him in that regard for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ that he might find in the moment of his need everything necessary for that now to which you have called him and by the laying on of hands we recognize in this moment. According to the ancient and elementary doctrines of the body of Christ, by the laying on of hands we impart the blessing this transfer to you, together with all of the requisite anointing that will support, establish, that will protect, that will supply, for in him we live and move and have our very being in this present age, and it is in him all of the blessings of life and godliness are found. And we who have been granted the grace to walk in these things, now by the laying on of hands, confirm and confer, knowing that God will honor that which he has established. So with every certainty and by the laying on of hands, and in these particulars, we bless you, Jay. We bless you, Katie. We bless you, Jack. We bless you, Ben. We bless you, Seth. To the glory of God, may this continuity continue to be all that God intends, even beyond what we may in this moment be able to think or ask, according to his riches in glory. In the name and by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, we now therefore declare this transition official. To the glory of God, so be it.
Amen and amen. In praying for you, Katie, especially uh, about today and about this moment, the Lord gave me the picture of Moses when he was standing before the burning bush. And in that moment, he really was telling the Lord about all of his personal inadequacies and why perhaps there would be a better candidate to choose to lead God's people. And the Lord said to Moses, after calling him by name, what do you have in your hand? And from that moment, in three different successions there, the Lord made Moses recognize that he possessed already everything to bring forth the manifestation of God in any moment that came upon him. And I saw this happening to you. And I saw the Lord speaking to you as Moses in this moment of encounter, this burning bush day, and saying, Katie, reach within and draw out of the Spirit what I have already anointed and equipped you with to do. And you will have more than enough in any moment to meet the challenge, not just as a woman of God and wife and mother, but as a leader and influencer, in fact, a stabilizer and a prophet to the people of God. And so we especially bless you today with all our hearts, and we celebrate again, and we do say, blessed is she who comes in the name of the Lord. Can we say that together, church? Stick your hand towards Katie. Blessed is she who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. The Lord spoke this this morning. And it's a declaration, and it's also what I share with to you. The measure of resistance that you have experienced from the spirit of division will be redeemed by the Lord three times over with the fruit of unity. (laughs) And I saw that it wouldn't just be this house, but it would be a fruit or a river that would flow from you and out. I then saw something that it was unusual. I don't have the interpretation. I'll just speak it to you. I saw a river. It came from you as leadership and then from this house going forth. The river came out of the belly and uh, it went into seven different directions. The first direction is it went straight to the capital uh, of our nation. The second stream went to Pax River military. The third stream went to our local food bank. The fourth stream went to our school board. The fifth stream went to a statue that looked like a Catholic Mary. It went 
to her feet and then it came up and ran out of her which I believe was influencing the Catholic Church in our area. This was a the sixth stream went into a large body of water like the Chesapeake Bay. And the final stream went into a literally it looked like an open Bible, the word, and then from the open Bible it went into many, many uh, small streams and went into the tributaries that run throughout this region, little small waters. I submit that to you for your consideration. They are symbolic, and I suspect there's more to be unfolded from that, but I don't have it at this point. Um, thank you, Rhonda. Pastor Lanny, Pastor Jay, um, if, if I can just submit to you as you were speaking, I think it was pretty clear as we watched those rivers going out, obviously to government, to army, to military, to charity, to our children and families, to the historical division, religious division, uh, and controversy that has been here in this region and ultimately through the ministry of the word in this house into these vessels and out into the nation. So I just want to say yes and amen to the seven streams. What, uh, what Dr. Chavda has just done is something that is absolutely and crucially necessary in this hour, and that is to judge the prophetic word, which is not a judgment of the person. It's a judgment so that we may have the agreement with God in the mouth of two or three witnesses, because the intended beneficiary of these words need to be able to know that they have heard from God. Um, Rhonda has a reputation in my books of being dead-on accurate. She spoke at one, one of our last gatherings, and many times, Rhonda, since that word about the ships that you released, we have absolutely seen it come to pass. And the same is true of this. Prophecy is especially for vision. It is also for edification, for exhortation, and for comfort. Prophecy is always that which is not yet, but which is to come. And in that sense, it is a light to our feet, a lamp to, to illuminate our path. And I believe all the symbolisms are here today indicating the presence of God with us. What is desperately needed for the uniqueness of this transfer is the understanding ahead of time so that when the doors are open, he will be able to say, yes, seven streams. They make glad the river of God. So it is. We judge it to be true. Amen. Louise? I saw a spinning top like the big old metal ones that you used to pump 
and um, the top was two different colors, one color on the top, the other on the bottom. And my impression was that that represented the way you and Lanny have been spinning together, functioning for the last several years, and, and have learned how to spin together and function together. Um, and then the scene changed, and what I was in was a train tunnel. And you were trying to see out the other end and figure out where you were going and what was on the other side, but it wasn't time yet. And so all you could really see was, you know, the tunnel and the mountain, not much vision. But today is coming out of the tunnel, and now things are starting to open up. And so an increase in your vision, an increase in your ability, and so many of the inklings, possibilities, seeds that the Lord has been dropping and will be dropping that you've been thinking, well, I heard you, Lord, but I have no place for that. I don't know what to do with it. Now you're going to start having the expanse of vision and open future to be able to connect with those things and see them grow and become what they're supposed to be. No. Thank you. Thank you, Bo. You know, sometimes we use words that lack clarity in the ears of the hearers. But for those of us who use the words, they're very, very significant. For instance, Sam Solon is my spiritual father. I am Jay's spiritual father. This is organic. It's not verbiage. So what does that make Sam? The grandfather. Now, so what's missing in this moment that we can supply? The words of Jay's actual father. And by the beauty of technology, we have a statement from his dad. Lord, touch this young boy. Let the Spirit of God be on him. Let him be radical for the Lord. Let him prophesy the word of the Lord. Spirit of prophecy, come upon him. Oh, let this young man be even as the prophetic spirit that was on John the Revelator. Let it be upon him, O Lord. John, God's put the shepherd's heart in you, my dear, for you care deeply what happens to people, even at your young age. For the anointing of the Lord rests upon you to minister to the brokenhearted. The anointing of the Lord shall come upon you, and the prophetic anointing shall release people from hurts. You shall be a shepherd to the people of God, and the rod and the staff of the Lord shall comfort them through you. O oh, look not at your stature, for men have risen up much earlier, and yet King Josiah stood at eight years old and read his name in the book. And when he saw the heritage there, he rose up and he began to take charge. For John, your heart breaks sometimes for the people that are hurting. It is the anointing of the Lord that rests upon you as a shepherd of God. For you are not to look to how this will happen. And yet, when the prophetic comes out of you, it shall be as a prophet. For you are a prophet. But the content of your word shall be one of hope and comfort to those who are hurting. 
the Lord would say to you, I've called you to the least and to the lost. I've called you to the up and outer, and I've called you to the down and outer. I will anoint you for the task. Hallelujah. John, you stand on the shoulder of giants. John, all on the side, you go back to 1620. You're a plank owner here in this world. To John Pike, you go back to 1634. So with that information, we want to just say, Jay and Katie, we honor you, and we honor what the Lord is doing in your lives together and individually. And in honoring you, Dad has a couple of items that he would like to pass on that are part of the legacy of your family line and are your inherit are your inheritance. The first item that I believe Katie is going to be giving you is a ring, and it is a ring that your great grandfather Frederick Wilford Boys received on his wedding day in 1922 from his wife Vernona. And um, Dad has has said to me, and he'd like to share with you that he would see this ring on his grandfather's pinky finger and this would be on Sundays when he would be dressed to go to church. Grandpa, uh, The rest of Grandpa's week was spent taking care of his dairy farm. So in passing this on to you, he wants you to know that Grandpa was a spiritual giant and the greatest influence of that in his life. And so this ring is very important and it symbolizes that. The Bible was his Bible. One of his Bibles, he had a stack of Bibles. But when you open up, you'll find that it contains many notes that he wrote. Beautiful handwriting, fire, fine pen. Go ahead. So this Bible he taught Sunday school out of, and like Dad said, there's notes in there still from his, um, probably his study time. And there are future notes to be sent to you when we find them. Um, <laughs> So as Dad said, that you do stand on the shoulder of giants, and we're looking forward to see how God is going to use you both in the times ahead, and be blessed. We love you both so much. Yes, I'm excited. Very proud of you. It's been a long haul. God bless you both. God bless you. Love you guys. I, I just want to show Jay one of the pieces of my notes that I wrote down for you today, a scripture reference where the Lord said, I will take you and make you like a signet ring. Now, just as a matter of general instruction, I want you to realize you just listen, you're, you're watching the fulfillment of a prophecy spoken 28 years ago. When the Lord speaks his word to you, don't try to make it happen. Let the grace that attends that word manifest itself in due time. Because many of you have heard things that have not happened and have concluded it wasn't real. The Lord stands by his word. My covenant will I not break, 
Neither will I alter the thing that has gone forth from my lips. You wait on the Lord because he knows how to prep you to be able to step into what he has declared over you. Now, we have a couple of other gifts to present in this moment, and I think uh, Raymond is leading the parade on this. Is that correct? Some of you know that when Casey and Raymond came to us, they were severely broken. And in the mercy of God and the administration of his grace and the hands-on ministries that we've developed here, they went through this magnificent transformation personally, uh, collectively, in their marital relationship, etc. And in that, in that journey, Rama discovered that she has a gift for painting. And many of us actually have bought paintings from her. I've got one hanging in my house right now. And this is another expression of gratitude to Jay. And Katie. I didn't get to, I didn't expect to be so messed up by what your parents brought. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dear Pastor Jay and Katie, congratulations on a monumental day in your journey with the Lord. We are so blessed to have you as our pastors, and there are no words sufficient to express our gratitude for your many daily, hourly sacrifices because of your yes to the Lord and your love for him. This painting was actually a long time coming. I tried to paint something else, and it didn't work. I chased another idea, and it was just wrong. And then this photo popped up, and I knew it was the one. This painting is entitled Kefala and Kafili. It represents the importance of fathering a household. Does anyone remember Jay's sermon on Kephala in 2016? Thank you to Father Sam. <laughs> um, so when I went to Google Kephala to get more information, I accidentally spelled it K-A-F-E-L-E, which happens to be an African boy's name, meaning one worth dying for. I was floored. How fitting. To have the Kephala and the kefili represented together. A quick refresher for all of us is kefala means starting point, source, first, head, beginning, cornerstone in ancient Greek. Kefala is not domineering or hierarchical, hierarchical not power-seeking. Kefala is strong, yet a servant. Kefala is familial and loving, and this is the heart of a father. Kephala, the strong heart of the father. Kafili, the one worth dying for. This painting serves as a tribute to father and son on so many levels, both general and personal. It represents your heavenly father and you, your spiritual fathers, your sons. You have been the Kafili, and you have become the Kephala. May you feel the father's joy and your congregation's affirmation and gratitude today. In his service, the Peets.
never mind then. <laughs> Was there one other? Alrighty. If are they going to the platform with you or are they going to be seated? All right, here you go. May I ask you to rise and welcome your pastor and his darling wife, Jane Kidd. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We have one who will stand with us. Wow. I'm going to give you a microphone too. Some of you have joined us on our Facebook Lives that we've been doing over the past year, so we get to do this in person right now with you. First of all, I wasn't expecting a lot of what just took place. (laughs) See, you got me. (laughs) I want to begin first by just thanking the Lord for everything that he's that he has done to bring us to this moment and everything that he will do to bring us forward from this moment I want to thank all the the people who have come and journeyed here that are from afar off uh, many from from our past here and have chosen to stand with us today. Also, Pastor Bill from from the community, he's here with us today. Dear brother who also serves the body of Christ here. Welcome. Pastor Lanny, of course. Thank you for fathering me, for being my spiritual father, and continuing to love us through this moment. Sam, Thank you for all of your words of preparation from over a decade ago about this moment. And Bonnie, I've just, Lord, thank you. Thank you for how you've spoken into our lives. And thank you, in particular, how you were with me through some very hard moments over this past year, speaking life to me. Thank you. Patty. Patty and I share a unique relationship on the front row together. We've been front row buddies for a number of years now. And she has been interceding for us and our family in this church and this household faithfully for decades. And so thank you so much, Patty. Thank you for every way you've petitioned heaven for this moment. We honor you. And thank you for standing with me through the dark nights. 
and the bright days. We have, um, we have with us today <laughs> we have with us today my mother-in-law, Kim Feigelstock, who has been here with us. She's one of our boys' favorite people in the world, and she's been supporting us this weekend and doing it so, so faithfully and lovingly. And I, I say this with the deepest honor towards her and thankfulness to the Lord. I rejoice in the fact that I can say, my mother-in-law is coming for three weeks, and I can't wait for her to be here. I love you. She's one of my favorite people. And that's how good the Lord is. So thank you. We want to talk a little bit here today, and it's already been alluded to, but we carry with us a rich spiritual inheritance. And some of you who know us very well know how far back that goes in our, in our family lines, our natural lines of people that have faithfully served the Lord, like my grandfather or my great-grandfather. This, this Bible, I've, I've heard legends about this Bible, and he was a man whose heart was after the Father. I was just sharing with, with our sons and with our esteemed guests just last night how when another business tried to run him under and ruin him, he gave his last nickel, no joke, his last nickel to the Lord, and God restored him. He's a man of great practical faith and deep understanding of the things of God. And we stand today on his shoulders and the shoulders of others that have gone before him and have come since him. And we carry with us those natural things. And, and in Katie's line, we have people who've been committed to the Lord and faithfully serving him. And so we see these two streams coming together in us. But, but even more so than that now, we stand in a place where we have Lanny and Sam and Bonnie and everything that you represent who have faithfully sown into this household for decades now is also flowing in here now as well. It's not cut off by this transition because as we've spoken about earlier today, this is a continuation of what God has been doing here. And so we are moving forward in a new confluence of a rich spiritual heritage that's not just for Katie and I and our boys. It is for this place. It is for you. You who walk with us, you who are, are part of, of this household, this is coming for you now. And it's important that we lay hold of these things together. So like we've been sharing, we choose today to lay hold of the inheritance that has come to us. The inheritance that has come to us and to move forward in that. God has incredible things for us. 
I want to hear what you have to say about that. I just wanted to reiterate just our thanks for everybody who has come here today. I mean, when I got the chance to stand up front and look around, I saw faces I didn't see earlier and faces from the first Sunday we were here. I will never forget the Wagners. We were young. We were newly married, just out of college. We were across the, the, it felt like the world from our family. It might as well have been. And I remember Mike and Katrina both praying for us that day. And I remember, I will never forget, both of us will never forget them saying, when you guys leave this place, it'll be like leaving family. And family is what all of you all have become to us. Um, When we didn't have our family here, you guys have been our family. And so that is incredibly significant. I see the Hernandezes, and they've, I remember they told us when we were, again, so young and new here, um, whatever you guys need, we will, we will be your parents. And, and that meant so much to us. Um, you know, I, they took time off when Jack was born, and they were at the hospital with us. I mean, there's just so many examples, time and time again, of people stepping up and caring for us and loving us. Um, I got to see Pastor Robin back there. I don't, where is she? There she is. And just how she's loved on us over the years and and poured into us and spoken truth and wisdom and was always a hug. And and Seth came up to me and he said, I got to give Pastor Robin a hug today. And and so for me to, to have those people that have poured into our lives and then to see them pouring into our boys and our boys loving back is just is wonderful. And there's so many more. And to also see our peers who, you know, are our age. And now we're looking around thinking, oh, my goodness, we're the adults in the room. And <laughs> there are some people here that think we know what we're doing. <laughs> and, um, but to be able to stand in that place and um, for as much as we don't know, we have walked out a lot of life together. And we get to keep walking forward. And I'm grateful for that. And... Um, I'm just in a, and and just one more. We we have a, a new couple that got here last year, um, Andrew and Fernanda Cosby, and they just remind us so much of them, or they remind us of, they remind them of us of us. Us of us. <laughs> when we got here, just ready to jump in and do whatever the Lord has for them, and um, and that's exciting, um, because like so many of you have said, you keep giving the Lord your yes, you keep taking a step forward, even if you don't know what that means. Um, you face the hard days, you face the good days, and everything in between, and you keep moving forward. There's so many who have gone before us, not only these who have spoken today, but so many of you who have been those parents to us as we've been coming up. And Katie, Katie said it, we were, we were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when we showed up here about 16 years ago. Fresh out of college, wet behind the ears, ready to start our careers, and, and just desirous for the things of God. And we didn't know what we didn't know at the time. We were just excited to run after him. And we found a people who were already doing that. I remember the, when I came out here for my interview, it was October of 2004. And ahead of time, I knew we got to find a church. And so I went on Google, as awesome as it was at the time, <laughs> and Googled 
churches in Southern in St. Mary's County. And I came across the Tuxent River Assembly of God. And I read some reviews of the church. And the one that stuck with me that made me want to come here and see what y'all were about was, it's a risky place. <laughs> And I said, i got to find out what they mean by that. That sounds good to me. And I took a risk, yes. And just this last week, I was, Jack and I went over the, the bridge here. We had some ice cream together. And as we were coming back, it was evening, you know, kind of after, after sunset. It was dusk. And it was, it was the same setting that I first entered the county in. And as I came down off the bridge there, and, you know, you go over the nice cove there, and you see the, the boats and the houses and all of that, I was brought back to this, and I was sharing with him in the moment. I said, this is the first image I had of this location. And my th- first thought was, how beautiful this place is. How beautiful this place is. And I had... Figured out where the church was because I'm an engineer. I don't like not being prepared. And I remember driving past the church and seeing it. Okay, that's where I need to go on Sunday. So my first foray into this county was right past the church here. Did not have any clue about any of this at the time. And I still have those same feelings for this place. How beautiful this place is. When, When the Lord called us into ministry, he made it very clear to us in that season that he wanted us to bloom where he had planted us. And stepping fully into the understanding that this is where he had planted us gave us a a deep love and admiration for what God has done in this location and what he is going to do. As much as we are standing in the the spiritual inheritance of our, our forefathers and of these who have served the Lord so faithfully. We are standing in a place, and you've heard me speak about it before, we are standing in a place that has a rich spiritual inheritance in the Lord with a plan and a purpose that he destined long before we came here, but we have the opportunity to lay a hold of as people. This is a beautiful land, and God has invested here. And we have the opportunity as the body of Christ to unearth the things that he's hidden for us to find if we choose to do so. So, we're here to say, we choose to do so. you have any comments about that? Okay. When we came here, we came from California, and we came from a little sleepy town in California, northern California, called Benicia. That's Benicia with the B as in beta. Okay? And we have said over the years, we're just two kids from Benicia. And it's become a thing for us to look back at all the ways the Lord has brought us and say, look at this. We're just two kids from Benicia. And look what he's doing to us. He brought us here to this house. He's healed so many broken parts in us. He's moved us towards wholeness and more wholeness and more freedom. 
And when we gave him our yes, it was our yes to him launching us into this place. Those are the, the undergirding understandings that we have lived that have become the vision statement of our Father's house. To see a hurting world healed. To see people launched into their destiny. As we move forward from today, we want to affirm to you what we've been talking about now for years and what we have personally as a people been going through over this past month as we've been really focusing on the Lord. Recall us recounting to you the words that the Lord has spoken over this place that are foundational. They're structural to who we are. They do not change. We build upon them. That this is a place of healing. That this is a city of refuge. That this place is a lighthouse. That he has called us to be a beacon in this region, this land. We are strategically located here at the crossroads of this county. God did that. We get to inhabit that. There's so much that has been foisted upon the church at large. Our church specifically, you heard Rhonda today referencing the division that we have faced. We're not unique in that, but we are partakers in what has taken place in that. What has happened with us as a people has been particular for us, but it's the opposition that the enemy is putting in place to oppose what God has given us. So as great as that opposition is, know that the word that he has put in us is greater. And the victory belongs to Jesus. So we get to walk in that together. The Lord led me to Proverbs 24, verses 15 and 16. And I believe this is a word not just for us personally. I'll own this word personally. But it's a word for us corporately as well. Do not lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. Do not plunder their dwelling place. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. We have an enemy who has opposed us. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. And though he would try to strike us, and though we may fall seven times, we will rise again. And each time we rise stronger than before. I will say to you today, as we go forward, we will fail. You can be certain of that. But we will fail forward. We'll fail on our face before the Lord. And we will stand up again in his strength. This place has for generations been a place where you've heard Lanny say you are flying with a safety net. There is nothing that you can, you can do that the Holy Spirit and I can't clean up. That is still firmly established here. God will use us to keep stumbling forward towards him as we seek to pull heavenly realities into earth's time and space. We will offer one another grace. We will be humble in our dealings with one another. 
because we are all stumbling forward together towards him. And as we do, he will conform us to the image of his son. We're living in a time where shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. But the culture of the world has been infiltrating the, into the church. It's trying to infiltrate it even more in this season. As Lanny said, things have been churned up in this season. We find so much of what's going on. There's only one culture here that reigns supreme, and it's, there's only one culture here that I'm interested in, and that is the culture of the kingdom. Everything else will bow its knee to the kingdom. So if you're hoping we're going to look more like the world, you're sadly mistaken. That's not who we are. That's not who we're going to be. We are here to serve the Lord. And that's the direction we are going in. So, as for me and my household... We will serve the Lord. be a tribe that would glorify him. Okay? Would you bless the meal? Before we do that, though, we need Pastor to come and take us through this one motion. Barbara and Daniel, if you'll join us up here. Now, we've, we've given you opportunity to hear the admonitions, the exhortations, the instruction. We've listened to the prophetic word. We've heard the heart of our pastor and his wife about God's call on them to this place and how we have the opportunity to respond to the administration of the Lord's priorities through this new leadership. So it's appropriate in having heard those things that we would make a response to affirm our relationship to them, our accountability before God. And when y'all are through playing, (laughs) Daniel, lead us. We will ask questions and in response, if you agree, say, we do. Will all those of our Father's house rise Will you please rise? We will affirm commitment to Pastor Jay as the Lord's appointed leader to our corporate future. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, do you receive in the name of the Lord this servant, Pastor Jay, to be your pastor and teacher? Do you promise to receive the meekness and love the word of truth he proclaims? Do you promise to honor his authority, welcome his pastoral care, and follow as he guides us in serving Jesus Christ, the only head of the church? 
Do you promise to encourage and pray for Jay and Katie and their family to labor together in obedience to the gospel for the honor of our Lord Jesus Christ, the unity, purity, and peace of the church, and the welfare of those hurting within our world? Do you promise them such financial and personal support that they shall serve among you with joy and not with grief as long as you covenant together? We do. You may be seated. And we receive you as well. Please bless our meal. Okay. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all the things that you have done that we have seen and all the things that you have done that we have not seen. I thank you that you have brought us to a time of fellowship before a meal together, Father. I ask that it would be a time of rich blessing as we reconnect with those we might not have seen in a while, as we connect with those that we see on a regular basis, Father God. And just, I pray that you would join our hearts together as we share a meal today outside. I ask that you would bless this food. May it nourish our bodies. I pray, Father God, for a cool breeze to come through that pavilion and, and, and evaporate the sweat off of us, Lord. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for all the hands that have helped to prepare this food, Father, the hands that have helped to serve this food. And I just pray that it would be a blessed time of celebration. In Jesus' name. I want to say to our guests from out of town and those who are not aware of everything that's happening today, we have plenty of food, so we invite your sweat to come be evaporated with the rest of us. Father is so good. Our Father is so good. Come, will you join us as we journey together? Hallelujah. <laughs> 